You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about why you should care about cybersecurity in your small business. I'm super excited to have an amazing guest, Adam Anderson. Let me tell you about him. He is a longtime small business owner who also happens to be one of the leading authorities on small business cybersecurity. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and owns a security company. He got tired of answering all of his business friends' questions about cybersecurity, so he co-authored a book and created some tools, which we'll talk about today. Adam is on a mission to help fellow business owners find the answers to the question, should I even care about cybersecurity? Welcome, Adam. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Nancy, thanks for having me here. Yeah, you know, um, there's a new development, and uh, it turns out we are also working with Clemson University to develop a bunch of uh, online education for cyber. It turns out a lot of people are more comfortable learning about this topic at, the, at their desk rather than going to conferences. So that's, that's also kind of cool. We have a relationship with some of the universities um, trying to deliver cyber education and cyber services any way we can. That's really cool. Congratulations on that. That's a great partnership. So why don't we just set a baseline for all the listeners with your definition of cybersecurity. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, cybersecurity is not a computer science problem. It's a behavioral science problem. What we do when you're approaching uh, cybersecurity and how to defeat cybercrime is you really understand your business processes you set policies around the important ones, who should access what, and then and only then do you even consider technology. Uh, The wrong answer is to build a cyber fortress and spend a bunch of money that your employees are just going to invite people in anyway, and the right answer is to make cybercrime irrelevant to your company. So cyber is just another word for Internet? Yeah, you know, it's anything that you are connecting to digitally, right? It's a very buzzwordy term. Um, but we think of cyber as data. And think about data on your computers, data going through the Internet, and data being hosted someplace else. And if you can get a grasp on what's going on with that data, then you really understand cybersecurity. Awesome. Way to break it down into real easy-to-understand terms. So I always wondered this. You know, people, thieves, will target like a 7-Eleven or a, one of those quick-stop things, to rob them, and I'm thinking, why mm-hmm. don't they just go to a bank where, who's got a lot more money? <laughs> so, right. Adam, so Adam, tell us, why would hackers target a small business when they can go get more bang for their buck with big corporations like Target? Yeah, so there's some really core beliefs that most small business owners have. Um, they can't find me, I'm too small. Uh, I don't have anything they would want, and if they did find me, I couldn't stop them. Right? Well, the reason why 
cybercrime is so interested in small business is because we are really bad at it. Let me throw some statistics at you. Uh, 48% of the U.S. works for small businesses. 49% of those small businesses have been hacked or hit in some way. 70% of all cybercrime is directed towards small business, and 75% of our employees do un, uh, risky cyber behavior, meaning they click on stuff they shouldn't, they uh, go, maybe go to sites they shouldn't, uh, they use jump drives that they found in the parking lot, and 60% of companies, small companies that have had a major breach go out of business in another six months. So they, they're, they're targeting us because we have such a huge amount of the GDP. Um, think about it this way. Let's pretend I wanted to get some kind of intellectual capital from a major automotive entity. It would be so complex and so expensive to break into those guys because honestly, the Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 do a really good job with cyber defense. So you almost have to be a nation state now in order to get in. So what do we do? Well, the cyber fortresses I was talking about, those Fortune 500s have built it, and then they trust the small businesses in their supply chain. So why should I spend all this time and effort to break into a major automotive company when there's a small engineering firm that they sent all the intellectual capital to anyway? So it would just so much easier for the, uh, the guys to break into. That totally makes sense. So this is a perfect, timely podcast call because I was looking at my WordPress site, my website, mm-hmm. and I noticed a statistic I didn't notice before. I have 7,500 blocked malicious login attempts. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that you are beginning to experience the power of automation. So once upon a time, a hacker was a nerd in the basement who had poor social skills. Uh, now it is more like uh, the hacker is more like Al Capone. It's organized crime. And organized crime uses automation. They write software to go out and touch everyone, all the WordPress sites, all of the IP addresses or your Internet address. And these programs touch everything and everyone. So you can get hit 7,000 plus times. You can get hit even more. And what that is is a computer program somewhere throwing all kinds of username and passwords at your WordPress site to see if you can sneak in. Um, it turns out, again, this is down to process and policy. If your policy is to use the same username and password everywhere and to not change the default settings of a tool, that technique works. It's a brute force uh, way to get in. And they'll nail about 7 to 12% of WordPress sites that way, and they'll just walk right in. So my good friend and power partner, you know, most – logins to WordPress is your domain slash WP-admin slash. She was mm-hmm. able to change the WP-admin to something else. Is that something that you recommend? Yes. That is, uh, falls into the realm of change the default settings. Uh, most of that? these – I do not know. <laughs> there are so <laughs> many software packages out there. That, uh, but the good thing is, is that no one's fooled by this. I mean, no one, no one's taken by surprise. WordPress knows you need to do this. Any hosting site or any technology, be it your CRM, any automation tools you might need, there is something in their help section on how to make 
using their application more secure. Spend a little time co contacting their help desk or reading their knowledge base. And within an hour, you will have the answer to, how do I make this thing more safe? That's cool. Well, as long as we're talking about safety, what are, do you have maybe two or three tips that small businesses can do, very specific tips to maximize their Internet safety? Yes. So I, uh, I like to use an analogy here because when I start talking uh, technical terms, uh, I lose people. And it's not because I'm not charming and engaging. It's just that cybersecurity can be very dry. So You are charming and engaging, Adam. Right? Totally self-aware. <laughs> I'm totally self-aware. So it turns out infection is a word that we've bumped into before. Um, and back in the day when doctors used to operate on patients and they didn't understand germs and they didn't understand infections, a lot of people would die. Uh, and they would die not because of the operation but from the secondary infection. The way the medical industry handled this was simply washing your hands. So I'm going to walk through how you can practice good cyber hygiene. And I'm going to use three analogies for that. So the first is soap and water. You're already dirty. There's something bad has happened. You need two tools. The first is really good off-site backups. I call this backup as a service, where you're paying somebody to take all of your important stuff and store it someplace else. And when something goes wrong, an adult steps in and puts the stuff back where it needs to be. The second part of soap and water, the water of this, is a good cybersecurity insurance policy. Now, people can get a little sideways on that this isn't designed to give you a million dollars if you got hacked. This is designed to have somebody show up and fix the stuff. So a good cybersecurity insurance policy comes with a disaster recovery team. And this has a, a lawyer who knows exactly what to do, a PR person who knows exactly how to talk to your customers, a forensic investigator who can determine what happened, and an, a system admin who can put everything back to rights. So soap and water first step for cyber hygiene. The second step is uh, let's say you don't want to get dirty. So you have protective coverings. I say they're the uh, surgical mask, gloves, and OR scrubs. And this is using complex passwords and password management tools such as uh, 1Password or LastPass um, where it generates complex passwords and manages it to the point where you don't even look at it. You have no idea what they are. Uh, it's very difficult to get in. And also two-factor authentication. And this is when you try to log into your Gmail and you configure it that it asks you for a code or something like that. So those brute force username and password attempts on your WordPress site, you can make that irrelevant if you enable two-factor authentication, meaning you have to have your phone and type in a code every time you want to log on to WordPress. Because then it won't matter if they actually have your username and password, because without your phone and without that car, uh, code, they're out of luck. That's a good one. So, right? That one's pretty slick. And good news, that stuff's pretty much free. So far, nothing I have said is super expensive. Even that cybersecurity insurance policy, those things barely get over $2,000 annually. And when you're talking about the, the range and scope of the risk versus the cost, um, I think that's really important for us, especially as small business owners, is you should not be spending a lot of capital on cybersecurity. But you do need to uh, be smart about what you're doing. So we talked about... Uh, the, the surgical gloves being the complex passwords and two-factor authentication. Your surgical mask uh, 
is move as many services as you can to the cloud. So for example, I run my company 100% from the cloud. If, and, and I'll explain cloud in just a second. If my laptop is lost or damaged, I don't care. I pick up another laptop from Best Buy and I'm rocking and rolling again because all of my email is through Gmail. I have all the Microsoft products, but they're on the uh, Microsoft 360. My customer management system is a cloud provider, and the list goes on and on. If you go through all of the software that I use that supports my business processes, I've moved them all to a third party. Now, some of the pushback for this is, ah, you know, I hear in the news all the time people are getting hacked. Sony got hacked. You know, Google got hacked. All these, yes, you're absolutely right. They did get hacked but it doesn't matter. They're still better at it than you are. And you now have removed liability. It's a lot easier to go to your customer and say, I'm sorry the bad guys got your data. Google got hacked. There was nothing I can do about it. That's much better than saying I had an uh, unencrypted, unprotected computer in my office and the bad guys walked in and took it, and now I'm personally liable. So to recap, we have now got complex passwords, we're using online tools, and the last is probably the most annoying. It's automatic updates. So I was doing a TED Talk. I was getting ready, doing my slide deck. It was amazing. I, I blow my own horn here, toot my own horn. But right in the middle of my creative flow, I got a pop-up that says, your computer needs to restart. And I'm writing a PowerPoint presentation on why it's important to restart your computer. And I almost hit cancel. Because the fact of the matter is, especially for small businesses, we are not attacked by new complex things. We just don't lock our doors. So the bad guys can use software that's 20 years old and still attack us, and it will work. So they don't create anything new. But the problem here is that Microsoft and Apple and all of the other providers out there cannot force us to update our uh, computers. They can throw all the security patches at us, but unless we allow it to happen, we're exposed. So the OR scrubs of this whole outer shell is a patching as a service where somebody else takes responsibility to make sure all of your computers are patched and give you a report at the end of the month showing you that it's been done. This is super important, especially if you're recovering for something or somebody's attacking you. Really having this as part of your scorecard for your overall business processes is important. Do you have any questions about this before I get on to that, the last part of it? No, this is great, breaking it down into bite-sized chunks that we actually get. Let's right. The last it totally, it's, well, good news, all of this totally fits on an infographic. So great. <laughs> So the last part is before anyone does an operation, the surgeon comes up with a plan. And they follow the plan and they review it with everyone. So you've got the soap and water, what to do after I've been hit. You've got the outer shell, OR scrubs, gloves and masks, what do I do to keep myself safe. And then you have strategic plan. You have a plan that is nothing more than another business process inside of your company. You have a marketing plan. You've got a financial plan. You've got um, how do I execute whatever I sell. This is just one more business process and nothing to be intimidated by. And the reason why it's not intimidating, or at least it won't be after you get engaged, is the National Institute of Standards and Technology uh, from the U.S. Chamber, I think it's U.S. Commerce, um, has created a cybersecurity framework for everyone to follow. 
and it is broken down into five pillars. How do I identify my important stuff? That's process, procedure, data. How do I go about protecting it? How do I detect if someone's messing with it? What do I do when uh, I detect someone? How do I respond to it? And if I couldn't stop them, how do I recover? And you follow the five-step question for every single one of your critical business processes. And literally in two to three days, you will have a 90% um, better security threat posture than you started with. So it, it, it doesn't have to be confusing, especially if you're a business person and you look at it as a business process. It's just like everything else you've done in the past to get ready and be successful. And Perfect. I hope you notice we only talked about technology maybe twice and all that. Right. That's all pol policy and business thinking. Well, I love systems, so I'm glad you actually related it and tied it to a system because that is what it is. Awesome, yeah. awesome stuff. Listeners, take advantage of what he's saying. I'm so glad you mentioned the TED Talks because my next question is all about that. Many of our listeners are speakers. So mm -hmm. awesome job landing a TED Talk. What was that Thanks. like? And Any tips to get selected? Um, well, per, uh, persistence and networking. So I... It's really all – I think it took two years of really engaging with the various TED organizations, and I think this is true for all organizations. I'm doing a lot of speaking right now with uh, CPA um, organizations for accountants. And it's trying to understand what is the theme of that particular event and how is my topic going to plug into their theme. Um, and then it's uh, having trusted – sources in that community around that theme nominate you. Um, so the, the thing is, is venues get so many speakers and so many uh, high-quality people sending stuff their way that not everyone can be chosen. So understanding the narrative of whatever that event is supposed to be and finding a way to plug your subject into that narrative to help them with their overall story, um, that I think is really what does it. Um, yeah. Would would you do it again? Oh yeah, and uh, you know, and I love speaking. But I, I remember right before I uh, got out on stage, hands started sweating, the heart beats going, <laughs> and my my lower mind's going crazy. You're a professional. You do this all the time. Why are you nervous? Well, because the body is getting you ready, right? I needed that stress. I needed that spike to be on point. And it's nothing to be afraid of. It's uh, something to embrace. And I got to tell you, the whole process. I think the the spin-up to it was about two or two and a half months of some coaching and some sharpening up of the message, and it was, it was just amazing. I loved the uh, people we got to work with, uh, the volunteers. I mean, it's all volunteer, and uh, just bumping into so many incredibly interesting people. Good for you. That is awesome. Time for the fun question, because I'm all about productivity. Every guest mm -hmm. gets this exact question. So Adam, if you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours every day, what would you do with the extra hour? I would do more scuba diving with my kids. <laughs> You're the first one who said that specific activity. Where do you yeah. like to go? Right now I just tow them around in the pool because uh, they're not quite old enough. My daughter is going to be, uh, she can get certified next year, but um, one of my I, I like to take some 
business processes and roll them into my family, such as visioning and goal setting. And one of our family values is uh, to do more interesting, adventurous things together as a family where we can break out of the mold. And I tell you what, there's nothing quite like being underwater and in a little bit of danger to get everyone really close to each other, <laughs> especially if you know you're going to run out of air. And I figure it's a great way to keep my children dependent on me as they get older. Right? <laughs> this is going to be great. That's a great strategy. Well, like you, I still get nervous before I speak in front of a crowd every single time, even when I've given mm-hmm. a talk many times. But I get even more nervous scuba diving, and I'm certified as well. <laughs> <laughs> right? You, see, that's the point, is that when you're underwater, you cannot think about anything else other than I need to check these gauges, I need to stay alive, this is great. But it's, uh, every two years I find that I have to find a way to refill the cup. Right? Because you have all these systems, you do all this work, but even after you've automated something, the, the fascinating thing is that you don't surrender the emotional responsibility of all of this. So, uh, for example, I fired myself three years ago from my first company uh, and put a new CEO, uh, CEO in there. Um, I don't want you to worry. I love me. I'm still paying me. But I, even though I surrendered the operations of the company to somebody who was better qualified to do it, I couldn't surrender the emotional responsibility for that company. And that was a real transformative time when I had to decide what was my new identity, who was I, what am I actually uh, here for, and finding new ways to fill the empty cup up that I'm emptying because of this emotional burden. Uh, that's been a real core thing um, to, to longevity and entrepreneurship, I think, is you've always got to do a health check, see how you're doing physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and take care of them. That's very inspirational. Boy, that would have been a great closing comment, except I'm going to give you an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> now to tell us how can people work more closely with you, like your email or website? How can yeah. they reach out and connect? And then we'll, we'll so, uh, pretend we didn't have this inspirational, and you can come back with that. How about that? Well, you know, you can edit whatever you like, but I have so much good stuff. I'm sure we can inspire. You know, never mind. That was pretty sweet. We may that not be good. able to inspire. That was yeah. really good. So people can get in contact with me and learn more about this topic by going to adamanderson.com. I'm sorry, adamanderson.info slash Gaines, And I'll have a landing page. It will have all the stuff we've talked about. Uh, some online tools that you can do some self-assessments. I have a coaching practice. Uh, You know, everyone wants to approach this in their own way. And the most important thing is to not approach cybersecurity with fear. When you approach this thing with fear, you're going to make a bad decision and you're going to buy things you don't need. The, the, The first step in all this is to relax, to understand it's not as bad as you think it is, but it is important to act. And you know, that's really what I'm trying to do with a lot of our online tools and some of the education that we're offering. But in, in some cases, what you really need is just a human being to empathize with where you're at and share the journey. And so you can, you can engage with me uh, on my website. I'm also on LinkedIn and Twitter, and I have some Facebook stuff going on. But the, the, the real hub for all of this is uh, adamanderson.info. Excellent. And just listeners, it's Anderson with S-O-N. It's not S. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can m- want to make sure we're super clear on that because you can't tell when someone's saying it versus seeing it in person. So adamanderson.info slash Nancy Gaines. Is that right? 
That is right. And a matter of fact, it's it's wonderful you said that because I am going to be changing the uh, the name of the company going forward because I heard from a smart uh, uh, authority on naming things that if Siri can't understand you or if you have to correct spelling, then it's a bad name. So, <laughs> but, but I'll always leave that URL up so uh, in perpetuity. But yeah, I'm going through that journey. How do you rename your brand? Excellent. Is there anything else that you want to add that I didn't think to ask you? You know, I, I, my mission here is really to help that small business entrepreneur who's so busy selling and doesn't want to take the time to look at cybersecurity because if I don't close business, I'm not in business. It's, it breaks my heart when you see somebody who has struggled so much to build something so beautiful as their small company just get taken sideways by uh, a criminal or, or a mistake. Um, I just want to implore you, if you have a business, do take this thing seriously. Uh, don't be intimidated by it, but take the smart and correct action to, uh, to understand your risk before you go too much farther. Well, that was inspirational. Two for one today, huh? <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> That's my quota. I'm not going to do anything the rest of the week. That's it. <laughs> Well then, I'll just wrap us up then. Adam, thanks so much for taking <laughs> thanks so much for taking time to be on the show. We got lots of great, valuable information that's easy to implement. Listeners, I just added some speed consulting days on my calendar for fall. This is where you accelerate your business in just one day instead of coaching over weeks or months. Go to nancygaines.com/scale s c a l e to learn more. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.